uh, because this last sermon, and I need to say this, Luke chapter 2, verse 41, uh, it should be coming up on your screens now. Um, there is no junior Holy Ghost. I need you to understand this. There, there, there is no, there is no, no uh, uh, I know we do it sometimes, but there is no children's church. You hear what I'm saying? There's just church. There's just the Holy Ghost. And so you need to know that as the Lord begins to move in the lives of our children, that we need to let him have his way. Hallelujah, somebody. Because they got a heart that's pure enough to actually accept what the Holy Ghost wants to do. And they don't have, watch this, they, whether we can call it a benefit or a burden of experience. That we have to, you know, uh, we, we, we have to suffer through all of those things to actually see what God wants to do. Luke chapter 2, starting at verse 41. When you have it, say amen. amen. Hallelujah. Thank you all for standing. Uh, my grandfather, the late Reverend Dr. Joseph Lee Jr., would say every weekend, when we open the Bible, we open God's mouth. And we should be at attention to hear and receive what he is saying. Uh, verse 41 of the second chapter of the gospel according to Luke. Now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of Passover. Now, when he was 12 years old, they went up according to custom. And when the feast was ended, they were returning. The boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. His parents did not know it. Excuse me. But supposing him to be in the group, they went a day's journey. But then they began to search for him among their relatives and acquaintances. And when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem searching for him. After three days, they found him in the temple sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. All who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. And when his parents saw him, they were astonished. And his mother said to him, son, why have you treated us so? Behold, your father and I have been searching for you in great distress. Now, mind you, this is a 12-year-old boy. He says to them, why were you looking for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? And they did not understand the saying that he spoke to them. And he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was submissive to them. And his mother treasured all these things in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and with man. For a few moments, we want to talk on the subject. Release them to become ready. Release them to become ready. Now, all, all this month, uh, our, our, we, we, we took the time to use our Advent series to study the early years of Jesus as principle as it relates to how we as parents should handle our children, whether we be a mother, whether we be a father, whether we be uncle, auntie, guardian, grandparents, whatever we are, we have a force, we have a opportunity, we have a space, uh, we have authority in the life of children, and we should use it wisely. Now, as we come to this text, we are, we have, 
Zoom past last week, we dealt with Jesus at about 15 months old, and we seen the Magi uh, talking to them, and then after that, we seen that they needed to move them, uh, move him to Egypt for a season, and so he went to live in Egypt for a season, and after Herod, the king who wanted to kill him died, they moved back to their home, or they found, actually made a new home, rather, in Nazareth. Now, when they make a new home in Nazareth, Joseph takes up the trade of carpentry. He takes up the trade of carpentry, and he becomes a good carpenter, and he begins to work with his hands and begins to make a living for himself. But because they are devout Jews, they observe the feasts such as Passover, even the Feast of Tabernacles, as well as the Feast of Pentecost. When Luke speaks, rather, though, in these first two verses of the custom, he is, ref he is referring directly to what we now know as a bar mitzvah. Because they went up every year. Every year they went up to the, the Jerusalem to celebrate the feast. They did that every year. That's what the Bible says. But even in this 12th year of Jesus' life, the Bible says that they went up according to the custom. Now, when it says they went up according to the custom, they meant that Jesus had gotten to a place in his life where it was time for him to receive or to be a part of the bar mitzvah, which simply means in Hebrew, son of the covenant. This was the time when a Jewish boy would be required to observe the law and enter into, listen to this, professional training. This was the time when, when, a, when a Jewish or Hebrew boy at the age of 12, it would, they, they, would, they would have to go to the temple. They would have to learn, listen to this, this is crazy. They would have to learn the first five books of the Bible. And they would have to memorize them. Now, what we need to understand is, and, and there's some things that I need to break down now, that even though we have traditionally said that Jesus was a carpenter, uh, that's not biblical. Amen. <laughs> and the church said nothing. Uh, praise the Lord. <laughs> like, wait a minute. My Sunday school teacher told me Jesus was a carpenter. You lying, Bishop. See, the reality is many times we make inferences, or uh, my school of ministry students will know this, we, uh, we eisegete the Bible. As opposed to exegete, in other words, extracting the true meaning, we eisegete as it relates to infer or to, to input into the Bible things that, that's not there. We always said that Jesus was a carpenter. But what scripture did you read that said he was a carpenter? What scripture did you read that said he was making chairs and tables and whatnot? We don't read those scriptures. We infer that because his father was. And because his father was, we, we say that he was too. But we got to remember he had two daddies. And so at this point in time, this is where we build a proper theology as it relates, here it is, to the occupation of Jesus. So the custom that they speak of is the custom of bar mitzvah. Now, I know in this present day and age, we look at that as a party and that's a rite of passage. But, but in, in, the, in, the, in the biblical days, Watch this, from, the, from really the age of 6 to 11, they went into what was called the Bet Sefer, or the Bet Sefer, which meant study of the book, or the time of the book, 
which was the time where the Jewish children, especially the boys, between 6 and 11, they had to study Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. So from 6 to 11, they studied that. And when they turned 12, they were, they were presented to the rabbi to say, this is what the child knows. And the rabbi would, would then begin to study the child. And then from that point on, they would determine the rigor and the ability of the child to determine whether they needed to go to rabbinical school or if they needed to follow the trade of their father. Oh, we together now. So once they had their bar mitzvah, after the bar mitzvah, the, the rabbi would say, okay, uh, yeah, this child ain't got it. Or they ain't got, they, they ain't got the rabbinical order, but that's okay though, because daddy got an occupation, and so you go with your daddy. See, there were times when the child would stay with the rabbinical order. And if they stayed with the rabbinical order, they would go into the Beth Talmud. The Beth Talmud. Now that was the time where they began to learn the Jewish principles. Now that's when they began to study the prophets. That's when, get, that's when they began to study the remainder of the Hebrew Old Testament. And after they studied that, this is going to make clear sense, I promise you. After they studied that, when they got to about the age of 30, they were tested in that. And if they were able to, to, to thrive in that, then they were given the official title that they had to earn, and that was the title of rabbi. So if they, if they, uh, if they rose up in the teachings, they would not go back to a regular profession or a, a different profession, rather, but they would continue to stay in the temple, and they would become a rabbi, and then, watch this, they would become a teacher. So not only had they studied, not only were they, were they capable of working in the temple, but then they became their own teacher. And we know that he rose to that highest level of the rabbinical order because when the disciples began to talk to him, they called him rabbi. They didn't call him carpenter Jesus. They called him rabbi. And even when in his older age, he went back to Nazareth, they didn't say, there goes the carpenter. They said, there goes the carpenter's son. So Jesus' actual profession was a rabbi, was a teacher of the scripture because he rose to that degree. That's why when he walked into the temple uh, at the beginning of his earthly ministry, they said, wait a minute, he don't teach like the rest of them. The rest of who? the rest of the rabbis because he was a part of the rabbinical order because he rose through the ranks. Now, the reason why this is so important as we go into this text is because I need you to understand that if God cared so much about you to number the hairs on your head, if it is in fact true that, that, that he spoke to Jeremiah and said, I formed you in your mother's womb and before, I, before, uh, before you were even alive, before your mother knew your father, I preordained and predestined you. If God is that intricate, what makes you think he don't care what school your child goes to? What makes you think he is not concerned in the least at what your child becomes when they become an adult? 
just wanted to set that as, as our standard. So now when we look at the text, when it talks about the custom, the custom is to take him to be tested to see what direction he was going to go in his life. At the age of 12, he's getting ready to determine his lifelong profession at 12. And so now we have to ask ourselves, what are we doing with our children at that early age? So let's go continue with the scripture. Verse 42 says, I mean, excuse me, 43 says, and when the feast had ended, they were returning, and the boy, watch this, stayed behind in Jerusalem. His parents did not know it, but suppose that he was in the group and went a day's journey, but when they began to search among the relatives for him and acquaintances, uh, and when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem searching for him. Listen to this, and after three days, they found him in the temple, sitting along with the teachers, listening to them and asking questions. And all who heard them, they were amazed at his understanding of his answers. Now, notice this. The reality is, is that that's where Jesus was dropped off. He got dropped off over there. <laughs> notice what the scripture says. The scripture says he stayed there. So where was he? In the temple. That's where his parents took him. They took him to the temple. They took him for his bar mitzvah. They took him as the custom had dictated. But after the celebration was done, here it is, he stayed to get the education. Here's my first point that I need to leave with you parents, with you people that are responsible for other young people. Make sure that celebration, watch this, is not trumped or, or, or make sure that education rather is not trumped by celebration. Celebrate them. But make sure that the celebration is trumped by the education. So Jesus, they, all they went were for, was for the bar mitzvah. Now let's go home. Jesus said, no, 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 mom, well, um, uh, uh, rabbi. So what was Isaiah talking about? Rabbi, rabbi, Jeremiah, what, 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 why was he lamenting? Rabbi, 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 why, why, why did Moses go into the promised land? He was asking questions. He stayed Beyond the time of celebration, he keyed into the education. And we got to make sure that, yes, I'm not, I'm not saying don't celebrate your children. Celebrate them. But make sure that you educate them more than you celebrate them. And so after the celebration was over, they, 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 they packed up the family and said, let's roll out. But here's the amazing thing. When they got back. When they got back, when they found out that he wasn't there, and they said, okay, let's go back to Jerusalem. Let's look for him. They did not look for him where they left him. They looked for him in other places. Here's the next principle I need to give to you. You, may, you need to make sure, parents, that we give great attention to what God is saying about our children. Because many times, we underestimate and give a lack of attention to what God is already doing in their lives. Because they're just children. 
Surely they can't be spirit led. Surely they can't be speaking in tongues. Surely they can't be filled with the Holy Ghost. Surely, surely they can't have understanding of the scripture. Surely this Bible is too big and too heavy for them. Surely they can't get what Bishop is talking about right now. That's above them. You don't know how well your children's minds are unless you test it. Indictment time. And many of us don't test our children. We leave that to the school. Help me, Holy Ghost. Help me, Holy Ghost. How many of us really examine our children? I'm not, I'm not just talking about, did somebody touch you? I'm not just talking about what happened. Did they hit you? You bet not. If they Listen, if they hit you and you hit them back, I'm going to hit you. No, no, no. Like, how intelligent are you? What did Bishop talk about on Sunday? Read the scripture. How well do you read? How, how can I coach you? You see, if you're not your child's first teacher, then watch this. Hear, hear me. Hear me. Your child is going to be at disadvantage. And it's not going to be their fault. So, so here it is. Here it is. They, it, they did not look for him where they left him. They assumed that he got disinterested in the things of God. And he went to somebody else's house or he went, he went to play ball or he went with other, other things. Can I give you some truth? Your children are more passionate than you give them credit for. I'm willing to bet that they can be just as passionate about their destiny as they are about Fortnite. If we put just give them the opportunity. And so now they find Jesus after a whole nother day's journey. They find him engaging in his destiny and he's asking questions and he's talking to the rabbis. And so when they find him, they mad. <laughs> because he's doing something. Here it is. He's doing something that seems out of the ordinary for a child. I'm going to help somebody because this, this, is, this, is, this, is, this is too real, maybe even to say amen to. Because see, some of our children are more holy than we are. And this is why they begin to question us in certain things. Uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. And then we pull that mommy daddy car. Well, mommy, but you here though. I don't care. But daddy, didn't you say? How much is this? Are we supposed to? Are we supposed to? Is this wrong? Don't let them learn how to read. We're not supposed to be in this lane. This not, here you go. Grandma said that, well, this ain't grandma's house. Come on, y'all, come on. Okay, y'all gonna walk with me or y'all gonna be, come on here. Cause see, well, then go live with your grandma. Not, not, no. no, see, the reality is, is that there are seeds of righteousness in our children that we have the responsibility to cultivate. And if we do not cultivate these seeds of righteousness, we will be detaching our children from our destiny. Talk to me for a minute in here. How many of us wish that we were made to do certain things? 
Because there were seeds of us when we were, watch this. Some of us are doing right now what we hoped to have done when we were little kids. But at somewhere there was a detachment from our development. Somewhere we weren't released. Somewhere we were allowed to live in carnality. Because of the carnality of somebody else who was above us. Oh man, I think I'm in the room more than you telling me I am. The reality is, is that there have been disconnects for many of us. God counts the number of hairs on your head. He knows the amount of years you're going to be alive. And you mean to tell me that he leaves it up to chance what you do for a living? He leaves it up to chance where you go and where you learn? Absolutely not. So what we need to do as parents, we need to seek God for wisdom and insight concerning our children so that as we rear them, we rear them not according to our failed attempts, not, not, not motivating our dreams onto them. Help me, Holy Ghost. Not, not pushing them to go to our alma mater, not knowing that this is the will of God for them. But asking Father God, what is your will for my child's life? What, where, where would they go? What should they do? Who should they be? And how can I develop them into that space? The Bible says that he was there asking questions and listening to them. He was among the teachers. One of the greatest things you can do for your children is to expose them often and early to great professionals. One of the greatest things you can do for your children is to give them exposure to culture, give them exposure to things that may even be above where you think you are at present because what you are doing is you are allowing them to create a context broader so that they can know more. And if by chance you have not discerned from the Holy Spirit yet as to what they should be, as you put them into different environments and you begin to see what they gravitate to, then you can begin to have context clues as to what they should be and who they should become. And that's why they should be able to try a myriad of things. And they're not going to be good at everything. But give them an opportunity because there will be something that catches their eye there will be something that draws their attention in and when you find that thing you motivate and you push that because then what you have there you have a God-given passion you have the very thing that God put them on this earth to do now watch this even if it's above your pay grade Do not be fearful or stifled about it. Because if you do it the right way, the only thing they're going to do is rise up and call you blessed. And so now we have to begin to seek Holy Spirit. And now we see the boy Jesus listening and asking questions that he's learning. He's engaging in his future. He's engaging in his destiny. And this is why when we hear certain things come off the lips of our children, we have to key into that and we have to invest in that direction. Invest in that direction. They're going to be exposed to anything you expose them to. 
And this is why you have to be very careful of what you allow them to be exposed to. They need to have more book time than they have TV time. Amen. My children have, 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 they have a myriad of books. Now, they may not go into any of these professions, but they're going to read about it. Learn about it. Read it. Read it. Read it. I don't understand it. Get a dictionary. Look up the word. It is imperative that we expose them to opportunities to enhance their destiny. Now notice what happens when they get there. Verse 48. And when his parents saw him, they were astonished. That word astonished means, watch this, they were dumbfounded as to not understanding the origin of. Now this was going to make sense. They were dumbfounded as to not understanding the origin of. Wait a minute. Mama, nobody knocks you up. I know I'm 12, but remember 12 years ago when the angel hovered over you and you got a, 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 a baby in your womb? Earth daddy, remember? When the angel came and talked to you several times about me? Why are you astonished now? This, this should be the normal progression of my life. Stop acting like, here it is. I'm going to just say it how, how James Phillips. Stop acting like your children not as awesome as they are. You dumb them down. You reduce your expectations of them. And then they, watch this, they start producing according to your reduced expectations. Ooh. Oh man, listen, listen. If you keep the bar high, all they're going to do is keep reaching. But they were astonished as if they did not remember everything that the angel of the Lord had said about them. Do not disconnect your child from the prophetic grace above them. I pray in the name of Jesus that even as this new year comes in, God's going to start talking to you in great detail concerning the destiny of your children. The destiny of your nieces and nephews, the destiny of your God babies, the destiny of your grandchildren. And as he begins to speak to them, then you need to begin to invest in that direction. I know this school costs so much, but it matters. It's not just a sign of my affluence. I know what my child is getting ready to become. And so this is not just me showing off my affluence. This is an investment. They're going to pay me back. Doctor, son. Daughter, Esquire. NFL pro, child. Come on. I'm investing. This camp costs a lot of money. But we are seeing who they are to become, and we are investing in that direction. Notice what Mary says, because then this, this reveals to, to, to me a lot of their character even then. Now, I, I, I'm sorry, I don't want to uh, demystify uh, Holy Virgin Mother Mary, but she was still a woman. Amen. And so she, ooh, I feel, I, I ain't going to say it. I ain't going to say it. I ain't going to say it. Because there's some folk that you deified in your life that didn't do right. And the reason why you are still at certain places of irregularity in your life is because the people you deify, you tend to follow their direction. Mine. That's why we do what uncle do, because he's so cool. 
And if uncle in the game, then we want to be in the game. But we have to make sure that we ascribe to the destiny God has designed for our children. Bible says, son, why, what you doing? We out here, where you been? Why you leaving? Ain't nobody going to challenge Mother Mary and, and, and Daddy Joseph. But I, I don't have no sacred calves to slaughter. I don't worship Mary. So I can ask Mary an honest question. Why didn't you keep up with your only son? Or at least the first one. Because we, we acknowledge that she didn't stay a virgin. Amen. That she and Mary, that Mary and Joseph actually knew one another. Eventually. Why didn't you keep up with him? Why didn't you stay concerned about his whereabouts? Parents, here's my question. No shade, maybe a little indictment, maybe a little conviction, maybe a little challenging. You need to be more concerned about the placement of your children. How you walk a day's journey. Generally a day's journey in these times because they, they, they either had, they either were on feet or they had wagons, was generally about 25 miles. How you get 25 miles out of Jerusalem Anybody, oh, holy mother Mary, pray for us. No, no, no. How you get 25 miles out the city and you just now asking, hey, anybody seen Jesus? Watch this. They made assumptions of his location. Ooh, I'm in the text, D. And too many of us are making assumptions concerning the mental, physical, spiritual, emotional locations of our children. Not sitting with them and really determining where they really are. Don't say he, he dealing with this. Talk to him. Go in that room. Son, how you feel about what I said? I know you might be a little bit mad about that, but where you at? Can we talk about this? Oh, I know they walk from here. Go to the school sometime and follow them. Yeah, pray, pray for me. Pray for me. Just stay back about a block. Okay, okay. All right. Where you going? Hey! We need to be consciously and consistently aware of their location. Because certain things, here it is, certain things would not shock us if we stayed in contact with them. Because see, you get mad when you get that report card. But I promise you that report card didn't happen the week that they were issuing them. You, you had the teacher pray, oh, I can't believe. I asked you what your homework done. And you doing all that stuff. And didn't know where your child was. Help me. Where were you, Jesus? No, where were you, Mary? How engrossed were you with your own life? That you did not consider the positioning of the Savior that was given to your charge. Can I make a suggestion? I would like to submit to you that some of you, if not every one of you, have prodigies in your care. That will be the Savior of their societies. Or at very least the Savior. 
How would you feel if the baby, if you knew the baby you were holding in your arm was going to save your whole family? How would you feel if you knew that that young boy that was just running around kicking the ball all the time was going to be the one to get a multi-million dollar contract? How, how would you feel if that little girl that always wanted to read, you put the book down, you read too much, put them books down, would be the one to become a best-selling author? You would treat them different now. If God turned on the screen and just, and just fast-forwarded you to your child's net worth, You'd be different. Come on, uh-uh, uh-uh. You want something to eat, baby? Come on, where you go? I, I'm going to drive you to school. Now, you, you, you would treat them totally different. Make sure that we are consistently in, lo in, in, we are in understanding of their location. Where are they? Where are you mentally? Where are you physically? Where are you emotionally? Here it is. Yeah, my, my kids know this. I know I said no, but how you feel about my no? The no ain't changing, but I just, I'm just trying to. <laughs> this conversation not going to help you get any closer to it. I'm just, you know, I'm not sadistic about mine, though. I just, I just need you to understand. Do you want to know why I said no? Do you want to know why? Can I give you some? Okay, well, let's talk about this. You need to be aware of your child's location. Because if they were aware, they wouldn't be astonished. But the only reason why they were astonished is because they were not aware. But we're going to be aware of where our children are. Amen. We're going to talk. I, I know sometimes it may not even be coherent words, but listen anyway. <laughs> he goes on to say, watch this. 49. And he said to them, why are you looking for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? King James says I must be about my father's business, and we're going to break this down in a second. He said, did you not know that I was going to be here? Here it is. He poses the question to Mary and Joseph as if they already knew what he was supposed to do. Can we challenge the scripture for a minute? The reality is, here it is. They, they knew where he was supposed to be, and if they really were honest with themselves, they knew where he was. But their goal was that he would be more tethered to them than he would be to his destiny. And so he would loose the tether of his destiny and follow what was comfortable. My God. They're, they were tripping because he stayed where he was supposed to be. And some of us, oh, uh, we're going to deal with this before we get into the new year. Some of us are mad at God because he's allowing our children to do something that we wish we could have done. And even if it's subconsciously, maybe we douse the fire because we don't know how to contain it. Maybe we, maybe we wrangle their passion because we ain't never seen nothing like it. Maybe we tell them to shut up and sit down because we never had that coaching. But here's what I'm learning as I get ready to close this text. They said, boy, he was, he was preaching. 
at four years old. He was, he was playing church at four, and, and he got his license at nine. And, you know, Pastor Lee, he, you know, I, I think he just did that because that was his grandson. No, I wasn't playing church at four. I was practicing. Yo, that, that singing they doing in the mirror, they're not playing singing. They're practicing. All those things that, that you see them playing with and we just classify it as they're just playing. That may be the very seedbed of their destiny that they're aligning themselves to. This is why any good school, this is why any good preschool, they have representation of a myriad of occupations. That's not there just for play play. That's there to engage their imagination. To cause them to think beyond their, 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 their preschool or their infantile or their elementary concept of living. To see to where they could become. And if we partner that with the prophetic insight of the Holy Spirit. And seek God to say what do you want our children to be? Where do you want them to go? Who do you want them to become? Imagine. Imagine where our children would be right now. If when they are at their smallest, we take time, we fast, not because the church is fasting, but we fast, and this fast is for my child's destiny. God, these next seven days, I'm going to push back my plate, and I'm going to pray consistently because I want to know what my son is going to become. I want to know what kind of ball to put in their crib. I want to know what kind of, kind, of, kind of books to buy for them. I, I, I want to know what kind of schools to take them to. I want to know what kind of specialists I need to engage. I want to know who I need to look for in my family, who I need to align them to. Now, here's the thing. Their destiny may be out of your reach. But this is the blessing of community. I thank God because in, in talking and growing and learning of my mother, uh, I, I, I found a great grace in her. I found a great grace because at a certain point in age, she allowed me to be my grandfather. And she said out of her own mouth and it blessed me. She said, I knew what God had called you to do. And I knew that your grandfather would help you get there. And so I didn't fight you being with him. What mother wouldn't want their, their firstborn child with them? But she understood that what God had called me to do, she couldn't coach me in it. And she knew that God had given her a father who knew how to coach her son to become what God had destined him to be. I am here right now because of the grace of Lucy. I, I, I am perfecting my craft right now. Because I had a mother who said, I, I see clearly. Even though he's a child, even though he's young, I see what God is doing in his life. I see where he's going to go. And I'm going to put him in a house that will properly prepare him for his destiny. Now, I'm not saying you got to let your children move in with other people. That's not what I'm telling you to do tomorrow. Hey, listen, um, I'm going to need little Ray Ray to move. <laughs> That's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is, is that you need to make sure that you funnel in the proper resources. You make sure that they have the proper mentors. My son, Joy, right now, if we, ha if we had to go into Hunger Games, we got to tribute Heavenly Vision. 
People laughing. I don't know what Trump going to do. <laughs> Serious. I don't know how to shoot bow and arrows. Not my passion. Don't care nothing about it. But he has somebody in his life that does. And that matters. I don't know what a plie is. I don't know what, a, what, what prima ballerina is. I don't know nothing about that. But my daughter does. And even though I can't, and my, listen, my girl could dance, but she don't, she don't ballerina dance. Praise the Lord. You'll catch that later. But we have somebody in her life that does. I don't know where your child is. But I pray that God begins to give you insight to where they are. And that he will begin to align resources and he will begin to amass grace to begin to pull things together so that they will be aptly prepared for their destiny. Jesus wasn't in the shed chipping wood. I mean, I know that's, that makes for a cute story. I mean, was, that, was, that was a nice little illustration in the Passion of Christ. That was good. They took artistic, but that's not the truth. From the age of six to the age of 30, he was honing on his craft. He was learning how to be an excellent rabbi because that's what he was called to do. Not only was he called to be our savior, but he was called to be our teacher. And he learned how to be an excellent teacher. What is your child called to do? That baby that you're holding. That teenager that you're getting ready to send to the wolves. What's in their destiny? That's why testimonies like this bless me. That's why, because, because now it shows us that God, here it is. I don't care how old they are. He has not given up on their destiny. And neither should you. Did it for Jesus. He'll do it for your baby. Do you believe it? I want to pray for you. I want to pray with you specifically that God, even as we come to the conclusion of this year, that God will begin to open up prophetic grace. He will be able to pour in clarity as to what you should be doing with your children as it relates to how they should be educated, how they should be reared, how they should be developed so that they will be able to maximize their destiny. Man, hallelujah. I thank God. I see some people in here who grew with me. Thank God for Brother Donovan. Thank you, man. We're we, we, we doing what we were, not, 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 just, not just, we weren't playing, we were practicing. This is who he created us to be. Whether they're going to be a lawyer, whether they're going to be a doctor, whether they're going to be a musician, <laughs> a mathematician, an a, a engineer, God calls all professions. The very man who wrote this gospel, Luke, was a physician. You got to know that God don't just call preachers. He calls people. And I charge every parent, every mother, every father, every uncle, every aunt, every godparent in here, every grandparent to be charged with seeking God for the destiny of their children. 
Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for the example of Jesus Christ. We thank you that even at his early ages, he pursued his destiny. And we thank you for putting people in his life. We thank you for those rabbis and for those leaders and for those scribes that were there helping him become who he would ultimately be. So, Father, we pray in the name of Jesus that you would grant us prophetic grace and sight for our babies, for our sons, for our daughters, that we will know how to help coach them toward their destiny. Father God, give us the grace to help them become ready. That we would not just push them out at 18 and say, become something. But that even now, even now, we would coach them into their destiny. We will support them. We will, we will consistently be aware of their location. So that they can become everything you desire for them to be. So we declare it to be done and it is so. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Anybody here for the Lord today? Made sense?